The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. Throughout this season of Lent, little by little by little, we've been seeing with Zechariah some of the most bizarre imagery in the whole Bible. I mean, it was just two weeks ago, right, when, when we saw Satan, remember this, whispering into our right ear. And then we saw the Lord. Oh, did he get angry. And he said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Satan, go to hell. And right in that moment, he exercised off of our right ear, Satan himself whispering guilt into the corners of our hearts. Then, a week ago, we saw four horses, and trust me when I say it, any one of these four horses would have easily won the triple crown. And we saw how the Lord wanted us to see that he is large and in charge. Remember we said that. And now this morning, we come to the seventh vision, that long, long night. And we're going to see what I think in You can agree or disagree with me, but what I think is the most bizarre, the most sort of out there vision in the book of Zechariah and maybe in the whole Bible, and we're going to look at this vision in two parts because really there's two parts, and I'll point them out to you in just a second, and we're going to see for ourselves this incredible massive airlift rescue operation. Let's look together at Zechariah chapter 5, the seventh of eight visions, starting right there at verse 5. We'll read a verse 11 together. It's right there in your bulletin. Then the angel who was speaking to me came forward and said to me, look up and see what is appearing. Here's part one of the vision. I asked, what is it? He replied, it is a basket. And he added, this is the iniquity of the people throughout the land. Then the cover of lead was raised. And there in the basket sat a woman. He said, this is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and pushed its lead cover down on it. Second part of the vision starts in verse 9. Then I looked up, and there before me were two women with the wind in their wings. They had wings like those of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between heaven and earth. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel who was speaking to me. He replied, to the country of Babylonia to build a house for it. When the house is ready, the basket will be set there in its place. This is the word of the Lord. 
Here's a little Bible trivia for you. You have right here, as far as I can tell, the only UFO in the entire Bible. I mean, this, this is truly an unidentified flying object, right? And it's frustrating, Zechariah. He's looking at it because the Lord told him to. And he's squinting his eyes and he's putting his hand over his head to sort of block the sun in the middle of the night in this incredible vision. And he's trying to figure out what is it? It's a UFO. And so Zechariah asks a very basic, very like kindergarten, but very important question. In fact, both of his questions that he has in this vision are incredibly right on target. And he simply asks the angel who's standing there, what is it? And the angel tells him. This is where things get even stranger, right? Now it's no longer a UFO. What the angel says is this. It is a basket that is flying. That's, that's pretty strange. And he says about the basket that this is a basket that is overflowing and measuring the sins of the people throughout the land. And we haven't even gotten to the most shocking part yet. It gets only stranger from there. Now that Zechariah knows that this is no longer a UFO, but he knows now that this is a basket that is heaped over with the iniquity of the land, the angel actually beckons him over because now this, obviously, this UFO has now come in for a landing. He says, come on over. And he wants Zechariah to look inside the basket. And he actually lifts up a little bit of the piece of lead that was covering the basket. And he says, come on over and look and see what's inside. Now, it could have been anything. It could have been anyone. I, I mean, it, it could have been like a rabid dog that if you let it out, it will certainly bite you. It, it could have been a lion, like, like a lion in the story of Daniel and the lion's den that they hadn't fed for a while. And if it gets out, well, it's going to eat you. It, it could have been a snake. It could have been like a rattlesnake. And if it gets out, I mean, lightning quick, it'll bite you. Whatever it was, anyone or anything that it could have been, it must have been bad. It must have been dangerous and threatening because... It's in a basket, and the basket's covered with lead. And so I, I imagine, you know, Zechariah, he's, he's coming over, he's getting closer, but he doesn't want to get too close, and he, he sort of peeks over the edge of this basket, and lo and behold, he sees a woman. That's interesting. I wonder if she was sort of beautiful and dressed seductively. 
sort of draw Zechariah in a little bit. And then the angel does this. The angel takes the head of the woman because she's trying to escape. And violently pushes her back down and then quickly shuts the lid. You see, Zechariah only gets a glimpse. She only gets to get a glimpse of this beautiful, seductive woman. And then she's shoved right back down into her place. And the angel says this to Zechariah then. I want you to meet this woman. And he names her. Her name is wickedness. And then part one of the vision is over. That's it. Her name's wickedness. Now I I I think I think it's pretty obvious what we're supposed to think about and learn. Remember, visions give us new perspective. They they help us to see something, a new reality. And it seems pretty obvious to me, does it seem obvious to you, that what we're supposed to see in our lives is wickedness. And we're actually supposed to name it. Right? We're supposed to name the wickedness in our own lives and to claim it. And, and, and so we can do that, right? We can, we can look around and, and we can see a parent give a directive order to a child. I want you to think about this, children. And the child stamps their foot. And they say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, Dad. I don't want to do that, Mom. What is that? What should we call that? could talk about young professionals, right? A young professional just brimming with confidence because they have so many talents to offer the world and it doesn't matter that it is God who made them and the Spirit who has uniquely gifted them. They are confident in their own selves. Now, what is that? What should we call that? What should we call the family who works hard all week, and I get it, you know, work really hard, and, and Sunday's like the only day, it really is, it's like the only day where you get to sleep in and, and rest and have a cup of coffee in the house, and, and they decide for whatever reason that God's word isn't that important. What do you call that? What do, you, what do you call someone who gets to the end of the week and the only thing that they're thinking about is hitting the convenience store because, you know, at the convenience store you can get those 40s? You know what I'm talking about? Or you know exactly where on the corner they sell pot. Right? You know where to get it. What do you call that? The vision is saying this, that her name 
is wickedness. We're going to call it wickedness. We're going to call it what it really is. That's, that's the first part of the vision. Now, good thing, right, that the vision didn't end there. <laughs> because it, if it did, whoa, I, I mean, good thing that we're not just sort of stuck and this basket is sitting there with this seductive woman calling us over and saying, come take a look. The vision goes on. And, and the vision, it gets even more bizarre. We got a part two. So here come, now we have these women again. So this vision, by the way, is not down on women. We have these, these savior women. And these women come sort of out of nowhere. They have wings. That's what Zechariah says. They, they have wings. And these are not just, they're not just like little angelic wings, you know, the kind of, that, that, that will sort of get you like six inches off the ground or something like that. These are wings, like wings of a stork. So think big, strong, migratory bird. And wind is filling up the wings of these stork women. <laughs> okay? And all of a sudden, Zechariah sees that this basket with these stork women, well, they've got lift. And they're going to take this basket filled with wickedness somewhere. And that's sort of the end of the vision. Now, Zechariah's got a question. And it's, it's sort of like another kindergarten question, a very basic question, a very fundamental question, but a very important question. You notice what he asks? He says, he says this, where are they taking the basket? Now, I want you to understand how, how important this question really is because, look, if, if they're going to take the, the, the basket, which is the spiritual equivalent of, of nuclear waste, I mean, it really is. This is a spiritual equivalent of trying to get rid of nuclear waste. You don't want them to put that in your backyard, do you? You don't want them to put that in your neighborhood. You don't want that to even contaminate your water source because what's going to happen, right? What's going to happen? Your hair is going to start to fall out. Your body is going to slowly fill with cancer. And eventually, what's going to happen? You'll die. And, and Zachariah's thinking about that. He's like, I don't want that anywhere near me. So, angel... Can you sort of clue me in? Where are you going to put the wickedness? And there's this answer, and it's, and it's all good news, right? It is all good news. The angel comes back to Zechariah and says, Zechariah, don't worry about it. We're going to take it a really far away away. We're going to take this wickedness really far away. It's not going to be in your neighborhood. It's not going to contaminate your water source. We're going to take it to where she belongs. We're going to take it to Shinar. You know where Shinar is in the Bible? Babylonia. That's where they built what? The Tower of Babel. We're going to take it to where human arrogance and rebellion against God reared its ugly head in such a way that they built a tower to it. We're going to take 
wickedness that far away. It's no longer going to be in the land. You don't have to think about it anymore because it's all gone. It is all gone. And Zechariah stood there. And I want you to see this. Zechariah stood there and he watched these Savior Stork women carry the basket off into the distance until it was a speck on the horizon and then it was all gone. Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> and that is the end of part two of the vision and the end of the entire vision, part one and part two. Now, what are we supposed to do with that? You know, it's a little bit frustrating. Maybe just to me, but I want to know more. Did you know this? That seven out of the eight visions, and we're going to stay in these visions for a little bit yet, but seven out of the eight visions are explained in some way. Sometimes the angel explains what they mean. Sometimes Zechariah does, and he gives a little oracle at the end of it. But did you notice this? If you open up your Bibles, this is the end of the vision, this is the end of the chapter, that's it. You get no further explanation at all. And I've got questions, you know? Don't you? I've got questions. Now, why? Why does this vision have an all-female cast? I, th I think about that. Why, why do we need to know that the top of the basket is lead? I wonder about that. I wonder about, you know, the stork women. Why, why stork wings? Like... I wonder about that, but most of all, I wonder about the meaning. What's, this, what's it supposed to do for us? What, what is the meaning of this vision? Because all we get, no explanation at all, all we get at the end of the vision is we see the basket disappearing into the horizon forever and ever, amen, and wickedness is gone. But maybe that's just the point, isn't it? That we're supposed to just sit there and see it disappear from our lives forever and ever and ever. Amen. Maybe it's supposed to help us understand and reveal to us more of what Jesus has done. And think about that. What does it mean that Jesus suffered and died for us? What does it mean that we have been justified by faith? What does it mean that the Father has sent His one and only Son and come and spoken to us a word of peace? Maybe it is simply this, that we get to go to church and see every single Sunday, yes, a glimpse, but just a glimpse, and be able to name the wickedness of our life, but, but then 
to gasp and, and watch with Zechariah our sins just, just be washed away and, and cleansed away so that, that we can say with the psalmist that they have been removed from us as far as the east is from the west. And guess what? If you want... If you want to haunt yourself with your sins, if you even want to worship them and say, I am so bad, I am so guilty, that you actually have to go, to, you have to go all the way to Babylonia to do that. You have to get on your horse and make a spiritual journey and say, you know what? I want these sins to haunt me. I want these sins to hang over me. Go to Babylonia then. Because that's where they are. no. Our sins are gone. We live in a land and in a place that we have been completely cleansed. And the wickedness has already completely and utterly disappeared. The leaders of the people of Israel needed this vision. Zechariah. Joshua, the high priest, we saw him a couple weeks ago. Zerubbabel, you know who he is. He's the guy rebuilding the temple this time. They needed this vision because they needed to know. They needed to know that the ruins in their life, block by block by block, they could rebuild them and know, my Heavenly Father's not angry with me. My Heavenly Father's not going to look down and say, oh, these people. And little by little by little, they could rebuild the ruins of their life. We need that too. We need to know that our sin stain is no longer there. We need to know that, that the whispers of Satan are no longer valid. That we can take the, the ruins of our life and courageously and boldly begin to rebuild them because wickedness is gone. Will you pray with me? Jesus, sometimes instead of thinking on the disappearing of wickedness, we think on our guilt and our wickedness and we, we do more than glimpse it and name it. But we almost revel in it. Help us to see that, that our wickedness is gone as far as the east is from the west and that we can leave here today pure and holy, filled with the courage to rebuild. In your holy name we pray. Amen.